Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever been impatient waiting for the promises of God? It would be hard to believe anyone, except for Jesus, would deny they get impatient waiting. Sometimes we try and help God, which is not a good idea at all. Other times we think just because we're not experiencing big problems that God is okay with everything we're doing. The reality for a Christian is that we already have the promises of God. We just haven't received them all yet, and we must patiently wait. In Genesis 13, Abraham had to learn this. Here's Pastor Jim concluding his message, seeing the future with the eyes of faith. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom, listen to this, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So with eyes of flesh, Lot made a rash and foolish choice. He chose what looked good to his eyes, but was not good for him. You see, Lot, was not very self-aware. And while this is a lesson for all of us, I think particularly for any of the young people that are here or that are watching that you pay particular attention to this, is that you can only get so close to Sodom before Sodom gets into you. You can only get so close to certain types of sin before it becomes a part of you. Can you always go back to the Lord? Yes, you can. And old or young, that's what we all need to do, if you will, each and every day. And I think this is a great word for any follower of Jesus in this time. Because so many people who are claiming the name of Christ are making choices driven by pain, driven by emotion, driven by desires, not by the word of God. Perhaps Lot should have done this, and we should all do this, plead with God when he had the opportunity to look up and just say, Lord, help me to see what's really in front of me. Help me to really see with the eyes of faith. Help me to see with spiritual eyes. Perhaps then he would have seen that instead of living in the promises of God, in the promised land that he was choosing to live outside of the promised land, out to live outside of the will of God. There's an interesting progression we're going to come across because we're going to see Lot get into a lot of trouble. In chapter 13, we're told here that he lived near Sodom. In chapter 14, he's, we're going to see that he was living in Sodom. And then chapter 19, we see that he's sitting at the gate of Sodom, the place where the leader sat. So apparently now he's one of the leaders in that place that it's said, that, again, verse 13, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Lot is doing, sadly, what a lot of people who call themselves Christians do, pushing their behavior to the limit and thinking that God is okay with it. But the reality is this, for the most part, sin is much easier to get into than it is to get out of. You can get into it one, two, three. 
It's a process. And by the time you realize you want to get out of it, it can be very, very difficult. It's so easy to think you're right. It's so easy to rationalize. It's so easy to think that you can handle it. After Jesus sent to heaven, the apostle Peter wrote, said in 1 Peter 5, 8, he said that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So Satan likes to eat people. He, he likes to eat followers of Jesus. He wants to have some of you for lunch. How does that, how does that make you feel? He wants to have some of us for lunch. How does he do it? He gets it by getting us to turn our backs on God. And it usually starts so subtly. Because I think a lot of us who are followers of Jesus are unaware how spiritually draining living a sinful life is for us. We don't really understand how spiritually draining a self-centered life is. If you're a Christian and you feel like I have got no joy in my life, I feel like I'm always whooped, I feel like I can't, there's nothing of me left of me to pour out to other people. It, the problem could be that you are self-centered. Now you're saying, that's not very nice to say, Pastor Jim. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you out of that cycle that you're in right now that's just miserable and lacking joy. You see, part of his devouring you and me is to say, you just need to only take care of you. That doesn't mean, you. I'm not saying you don't take care of yourself, but if you're only about yourself, you're not going to have a joyful Christian life. It's so important, a lot of times this, that we fall into these kinds of ways where a lot is and not seeing with spiritual eyes, a lot of times they're very emotional experiences for us. And it's very important that we, we distrust our emotions. I'm not saying we ignore our emotions. I'm not saying that. But we, we can't always trust them. And also we have to realize that a lot of times what we think is wisdom may not be wisdom. It may be foolishness. You see, it's easy. We all have to admit this. It's easy to look at things and to think that we are seeing clearly and then, like Lot, make the wrong choice. Now, if you don't know the story, please come. This is the, this guy, this is, a, this, is a, this is a moment for him. This is the crossroads. The scripture says twice in the Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. Okay, in 14 and 16, Proverbs 14 and 16, don't. He's there. He is at the fork in the road. And this choice is going to have tremendous, tremendous problems for him. On the other hand, what is Abram doing? He's putting himself under the sovereignty of God. He's putting himself under the grace of God. What is he doing? He's doing what the eyes of faith do. He's choosing the eternal before the earthly. He's choosing heaven before earth. You know, it's an interesting thing I, I've I learned. You know, a lot of you know that I just like to be a student of people, so I'll listen to people talk a lot. 
And uh, I would definitely, before I was a follower of Jesus, I fell into this category. But people who are not followers of Jesus, again, if that's you, I'm glad you're here, and maybe you'll have to see if this is you. People who are not followers of Jesus, they choose earth before heaven. But the interesting thing about that is they'll always choose heaven over hell. <laughs> so if you talk to them about living for God here, they're just like, oh, forget that, forget that. And then you're like, well, you think you're going to heaven? Like, of course, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Two popular ver- Old Testament verses say it well. Many of you probably know them. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Another version says, do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, think about what God would say, and he shall direct your paths. Now, let's look first at what it doesn't say. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He doesn't say don't use understanding. He says don't lean on it. Don't rely on it. Don't just use your own understanding without going to the Lord to confirm your understanding. Very, very important. So you don't be like, well, I just, just I don't know, I just did ask the Lord. He didn't tell me what to do. No, you have to have some sort of understanding and we lean and rely on the Lord. But often, and it's easy for us to do, we do what Lot does. What seems to make sense in the moment what seems to be the best thing to do without any prayerful consideration. I wonder if Abraham was like, Lot, do you want to think about it a minute? He's like, no, no, you couldn't have been up here looking at the land forever, man. I've been lusting for that place, man. Verse 14, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. That, That is a very, very important line. Lot is gone. The strife, the quarreling is over. They have separated. And maybe, maybe Abram is, is sad to see Lot go, and, and maybe he's catching heat for, for letting that happen. But the Lord says to him, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes. I can't help but think that there is someone here today that this is for you. That something has happened in your life or you're at a place in your life right now and the Lord has said, is saying to you right now, that was the past, that was then. It's gone. We've done business. You've told me you were sorry. I have forgotten it. The sacrifice at the altar, the sacrifice at the cross has taken care of it. Let's drop it, Abraham, and let's look ahead. Let's lift up our eyes. Let's see the future. Let's see what I have for you. I have a new future for you, Abram. Let me ask you a question, church. They're telling us, for geeks like me who read and study such stuff, that this virus might end the church as we know it. Look up. Open your eyes. This may be the single greatest opportunity in all of our lifetimes. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't be lot. Don't go the other way. Oh, I got to take care of myself. That looks like the best thing to do. Don't be that guy. Be the one who sees the possibilities. 
by opening their eyes and looking at what God sees. And so he says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look where you are now. And he says, look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Look all around you for all. Notice he doesn't say part. All. The land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Your offspring forever. Now remember, he's got no descendants. He's got no kids. He's an old man. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, he can't, then your descendants could also be numbered. So what happened? Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw what he wanted to see. But Abram lifted up his eyes to see what the Lord had for him. Lot saw what was Abram saw what could be. This is what we call in the scriptures an already not yet promise. Abram, you already have it. It's yours. You already have it. It's just not yet fully realized. It's just not yet fully experienced. Did you know every follower of Jesus has similar promises? Did you know you have tons of already but not yet promises? God says, you have this already. I remember reading Lee Elkov's book. I forget what it was called. It was a great book. And sometimes for me, I, I never say that rarely books change me, but, but sentences do. He said the hardest part of job of a pastor is to convince the people in the church how rich they really are. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you are already rich. You just not yet have it. You go, I got a lot of money in the bank. No, no, you got nothing. You got nothing. And those promises, those what we have already, we hold on to them tightly, even though we haven't experienced them yet. Let me give you an example. Another popular passage. John chapter 14, Last Supper. Jesus says this. Let not your heart be troubled. They're in Jerusalem. Jesus is hot. Some people want to make him king. Some people want to kill him. The religious leaders are looking for him. The disciples, the apostles are in the upper room with Jesus. They don't know what to make of it. Jesus stands up and goes, don't let your heart be troubled. <laughs> They're like, here he goes. Here he goes. What is he talking about? Why? Because they are looking with earthly eyes Jesus is looking with heavenly eyes. Jesus says, not, let not your heart be troubled. You believe, you trust in God. Believe or trust also in me. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me just tell you what he just did. People say, Jesus never said he was God in the Bible. He just said he was God. He just elevated himself by claiming equal status with God. That is something they did not do in Judaism. They did not do it. That's why they killed him. That was the charge against the religious leaders. You being a mere man, make yourself out to be equal with God. Jesus didn't go, oh, you got me all wrong. He didn't say that at all. He goes, yeah, you got me. That's right, yeah. And then he gives him a promise, verse two. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That place, loved ones, is prepared for you already. You have it already. Already. 
And if I go, verse three, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So like Abraham, we who have put our trust in Jesus Christ and now are now followers of Jesus, we are standing in not yet. We have the place, but we're not there. We have it already, but we're not, that, not yet there. You say, Pastor Jim, how do you know it's true? Reason number one, Jesus rose from the dead. Reason number two, is hidden in verse 2. Jesus says, if it were not so, I would have told you so. Do you believe him? Do you really believe him? If Jeff Bezos put $25 billion in your bank account tomorrow, would you be as concerned about the future as you are right now? Well, you and I have a lot more in our, in our, bank, in our heavenly bank accounts than that right now. If it were not so, Jesus would have told us. Like Abraham, we are encouraged to exercise faith, to look beyond this world to an eternal hope. I mean, if you haven't been with us, it's okay. But for those of you who've been with us as we've been going through Abraham's life, we started in chapter 11. This is our fourth message in it. I mean, just think of this offer. This offer is made to a man who was raised a pagan. And it was a practicing pagan as an adult. This offer was made to a man who was slow to move to the promised land. He was in Ur of the Chaldeans. God said, get over there. And he stops in Haran. He lives there for a while building a business. And this promise is made to a man who is a miserable failure in Egypt. The grace of God is amazing. And maybe, just maybe, I know I do. Maybe you need it today more than ever. Maybe you're on top of the mountain and you feel like Abraham or you feel like you're down in the valley and you feel like Abraham. Maybe you feel you're abandoned. You don't know what's going on, man. Lord, I have just messed up. Maybe, maybe you're depressed. And today, God simply says this to you. Simply says this. Lift up your eyes and look. Lift them up and look. And see what you haven't seen before. See the unseen. I love what the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 2.9. He says, but we see Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? If that's, that's all you see, that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough. Verse 17, the Lord still speaking, arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And then Abram moved his tent. Why? Why is he living in a tent? Because he's a pilgrim. He's not a settler. He's on his way home. He is not home. I know this is going to sound terribly critical, but, but as far as Christianity goes, northern New Jersey has way too many settlers, way too many. <laughs> And needs pilgrims. <laughs> you know, remember, remember in the Batman movie, the, the, the Joker says, you know, this city deserves a better brand of criminal, <laughs> right? <laughs> Northern New Jersey needs a better brand of Christian. It needs pilgrims. 
Plenty of settlers. There's no more room for the settlers, to be honest with you. It needs pilgrims. It said, Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelled by the terebinth tree of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So the Lord says, Abram, open your eyes. Let's go for a walk. Let's get a taste of what is to come. Now, there's a lot of questions that are unanswered still, aren't there? You know, we would be like, Lord, excuse me, just, just two, just two. Five questions, no two. Okay, two, Lord, two. Number one, how am I going to get the land from the Canaanites? The, number, number two, descendants, no kids. How is that going to happen? Now, if you had asked Abram, if we could, when we meet him, if we say, hey, dude, how did you feel that day? He's going, what's dude mean? <laughs> hey, dude, how did you feel at that moment? How did you think you would get the land from the Canaanites or you were going to get a son? He would go, I had no clue. He didn't ask me to take a walk with my questions. He asked me to take a walk with eyes of faith. And so that's the walk I took. But the man or the woman who believes in the promises of God, who's willing to follow and walk with God without knowing the future and how the future will and the promises of God will come about. Look at the end of verse 18. They built an altar there. That's what we do. We build an altar to the Lord. We build it in our hearts. Maybe you have a place where you like to just go and sit and and read your Bible and get along with God. That's your altar. That's your sanctuary. You, you build that place and you worship the living God. And we'll see for a long time Abraham will live there without seeing an answer to those promises. And he will die without seeing most of them. But he's learning to trust the Lord. In the New Testament, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the apostle Paul wrote these words in Ephesians 1.3. He said that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We have them already, but not yet. It is by believing that, that we can get a taste of heaven. And we can even begin to enter into that great inheritance, into the experience of that great inheritance. So we're over 4,000 years ago with Abram. Him and Lot go to the top of the mountain. Lot says, I'll take what looks good. I'll take the easy way. Abram, he gets the leftovers, which just so happens to be the promises of God. Now let's fast forward 2,000 years, more, a little more, 2,000 years ago for us. And in Matthew chapter 4, Satan takes Jesus to the top of the mountain and he says this to him, I will give it all to you. All you need to do is two things. All you need to do is worship me and all you need to do is skip the cross. It's that easy. Take the lot way, man. It's that easy. We said that Abraham made a costly offer to help Lot. It's at this moment we see the costly offer the Lord made to offer you and I help. 
He sent his son to live a perfect life, to resist temptation, to see with spiritual eyes, and to not skip the cross, but to die on the cross for yours and my sins. And because Jesus loves you, he invites you into his world. He invites you into his life. And here's the reality. If you're like Lot, you will say no to Jesus' offer. But if you are like Abraham, you will say yes. And if you say yes, God has many promises for you. And they involve seeing the future with the eyes of faith. So by faith, you can obtain the promises of God that God gives to all who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and to all who love him. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.